This is Not Another Church Podcast with your host, Pastor Tom. All right, so we're going to welcome back to another edition of Not Another Church Podcast presented to you by North Glencoe Baptist Church. Uh, we are glad to be back with you this week. Um, it's uh, Pastor Matt and Donna here again this week, and uh, as Pastor Tom has continued to recover, uh, he's much better than he was when we, talk, when we talked a week ago, which is we're thankful for what God's done in that situation uh, and thankful for uh, his recovery as, as that is continuing to to progress. And so, like we talked about last week, we're kind of, in order to kind of just keep rolling with the punches of kind of how we're doing stuff at church right now um, so that we didn't have to prepare for something else in terms of on top of all the other stuff that our staff is working with and working for. Uh, We're kind of just going back through and and kind of looking at the things we're talking about in our different ministries. So like, you know, with me last week, we started kind of gave what my intro was to our students uh, when we're talking about Proverbs in the next six to eight weeks. And uh, and we said with you, you know, we may talk about whatever the women are talking about Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so you guys are starting this week walking and looking at forgiveness, right? Yeah, which sounds like it's a fairly easy um, task. We're going to jump in. I kind of thought we were. But as I began to dig a little deeper and looking at forgiveness, and uh, we had picked out some um, some popular Christian literature right now from a, a, a biblical teacher. And as I was looking through it, it, there were just things as I was reading through that I thought, I, I just don't know about this. So as God would have it, as he always does, he, he began to show me some other things to read and start to looking at. So this weekend I spent time at, you know, my son's baseball game, reading through the next book that I needed to read as we were trying to get, um, I, I'm just trying to get a better idea so that as we study and as God so often does, that he directs our, our study and our approach that we are making sure that we come at each topic or each thing that we discuss from a biblical view. And uh, and I think that's super important. Uh, we want to, as Pastor Tom has walked us through a ton of stuff and discipling me and discipling us as teachers and, and mm-hmm. walking us through as a church of kind of recognizing when we're studying Scripture that there are some standards when we're when we're studying a topic or when you're studying through a, a narrative or a book or whatever type of genre you may be looking at when you look there are there are some some rules and some standards you look at obviously we look at context is king like we look at the context of the book and mixed in with the context again is genre and stuff like that and so when you look at a topic like forgiveness it's sometimes we even want to go to just you know pull one verse out of Oh, well, Jesus is talking about it says forgiveness in this one verse. And while we do want to see that principle is being taught there, like you want to see the whole context of the story of well, what other what was what were the preceding conversations before that, and what's the follow up conversation with those things. And so you want to see all. And so when you're teaching that topic, you want to do so biblically and do so where we find God's truth on any topical thing rather than culture's truth or or any one particular person's opinion, we want to look at the Word of God's opinion, and it's not necessarily an opinion, it's we want to look at the truth that's there, that's that's evidently clear for us to see and for us to practice and for us to live out. Right, and so oftentimes when we look at that, um, it's so, one of the things that the women and I have talked about over the last few weeks as as we've been going through, we just finished 12 Extraordinary Women Mm -hmm. by John MacArthur, Um, but as we were going through all of those things, one of the things that we kept noticing is how careful we have to be that every little thing that's included in the Bible, whether it's a conjunctive or an adverb or whatever the wording is, there's a reason that it's there, Mm -hmm. and because um, so many times, you know, you can hold your Bible 
Bible in your hand and you realize that the full message of God that he has sent to us is contained just in that one little book. So everything he put in there is packed full of meaning, every greeting from Paul, every word that we look at, every little thing. And so as we start this on forgiveness, we're going to be breaking it down and starting to look through this. Now, I will tell you that I have found it, and Tom and I have talked about this before. I'm not a fan of um, topical teaching, and I have struggled with, as as we go through some of these little Bible studies that we do that just last for a few weeks, um, it it, it can often fall into that. So it's been a little more difficult. You have to put a lot more time and study, get a little more reading in, kind of get a... um, um, to use one of Pastor Tom's favorite phrases, a fully orbed view of. <laughs> well, and I, I don't, I don't want to say I look at that differently uh, because I don't. I definitely think, as again, as working here at North Glencoe, I mean, what we one of the biggest things is that we talk about and teach in our teaching is the expository preaching of God's right, word. Right. And so, but with students, what I have done is I have taken a lot of topics sometimes, and I do each semester a book study, either an old, in one semester we do an Old Testament book, like again, last semester we walked through Galatians, the whole, I mean, we walked pericope by pericope each, we walked our students through section Galatians. Section. Yeah, yeah. Uh, section by section, yeah, sorry, section to use a big section. word. Yeah. We, we walked through Galatians, and now we're kind of, again, doing that this semester in six to eight weeks in Proverbs, but sometimes I do look at topics, but pe- preach through passages that deal with those topics in an expository way. Like, for instance, we went through, in February, as any good church does, we went through a series called, excuse me, we went through God, Guys, and Girls, and we looked at God-defining relationships. We looked at the relationship between, you know, Adam and Eve in the garden, and then we went through, you know, uh, love versus lust, and then we talked about some standards that we look at, that we can look for when we're looking to date someone. What are standards that God sets for how we should look at people. Like, what's the standard of a person who, and, and all it came down to is I need somebody that's pursuing after a relationship with Jesus. And I, but first and foremost, I need to make sure that I'm pursuing after a relationship with Jesus. Right. Um, and then we looked like unequally yoked. And so we looked at all those things and preached through those passages in an expository way. And so I think that you can, you know, we're not just talk. I think it become, but, but sometimes when you go into topical, some people kind of swing that pendulum and we go more from, preaching through a topic in an expository way right. to it's now self-help. And that's not, that's not the, that we still want, scripture is still our, it's not, it's not our God. Scripture is still our foundation. Scripture is still what we're standing on. Uh, but we're looking at what the Bible talks about in those specific instances about this specific topic, uh, because all of them, if we know that the, the narrative of, of scripture is who God is and how do we engage with him, Okay, and that's the whole narrative of all of Scripture. Th- those same topic, the topics that's dealt with in Scripture, all those things still come together if, when you're coming from different verses and different things like that. And we teach through those ex- in an expository way when we're just dealing with a topic. And so you can do that with forgiveness, uh, but you want to make sure that you do that with, in a truthful way. And it's much well, less of someone's Well, the Scripture is always going to be our plumb line. It's always yeah. the thing that we look to when we look to, uh, uh, as we've talked about last podcast we even mentioned that God is truth and how how to expand on that with words and vocabulary to define that he's not it's not just a, a, an action that um, truth comes from is contained I mean how do you explain that God is truth God right. is love all of these things we have that come directly from the Father the Heavenly Father into the world in which we live um, so quick question for you why um 
why do you think it's uncomfortable for people as we begin to talk about forgiveness? I know that it's going to be a hard topic. What do you think is going to be is going to be hard? Uh, well, I, so first, I think of dealing with potential trauma that you've been through, like yeah. some like uh, like essentially uncovering some of those scabs. I think some of that can be difficult for folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for me, you know, going back and no one loves hurt. Like that's just that's not <laughs> a thing that anyone enjoys. And so kind of picking those scabs off sometimes of things that maybe you didn't realize that you haven't forgiven someone for Mm -hmm. or that you haven't, or even for yourself, what are some things that you know you need to be forgiven for that you've done against someone that you've done against a brother or a sister or something like that? Um, So I think that that one thing, something like that of peeling back trauma or bringing some of those things back up, uh, I I think that's something immediately might, because, you know, I get, you know, if I think of something that I don't like, I, if I'm thrown back in a situation where I'm really uncomfortable or I'm very, I've been hurt in that situation or something like that, you know, I don't, I don't thrive in that situation. I don't like that. I don't like that pain. I don't like that nervousness. I don't like that. And it's not necessarily PTSD. I don't necessarily want to throw that in the same thing, but it's just that all of a sudden a certain atmosphere or a certain person or a certain conversation just brings back a flurry of emotions and feelings and all of those things that you'd had before of anger or hurt or frustration towards someone who may have definitely wronged you and hurt Mm -hmm. you badly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, those emotions in the middle of a trauma or a crisis or, um, an abuse situation or, I mean, we could just name thing after thing where people have been hurt, whether it's daily small things that you have to forgive one, some, someone for, you know, a misspoken word or a attitude or, or something that, that affected you badly, or it could be something really severe, but ends up what's happening with us is the emotions that accompany that arrive very quickly. As I was reading this week, um, I, I'm looking at the fact that uh, the emotions that are involved with that, the hurt, the pain, the anger, all of the things, you know, that come with that come quickly. But the leaving of those emotions is a much slower process. Yeah, well, and, you know, it could be if I do a certain, if I, you know, I, I don't know what a great example would be, but if I if I pick a scab or pick at a scab that you may have, but someone else has picked at that earlier in the day or someone has brought up a different conversation that already picked at that scab, I may have done something minute that I still would have been wrong or unbeknownst to me that was wrong, but it could, because of those emotions that you have on that situation or that I have in that situation, it could blow up because of the emotions from past trauma or from a past incident that I may have touched on, but wasn't really mean anything by it or doing anything, but because of the emotions that haven't gone away and haven't worked out, you know, those, when the, when our emotions come into those situations with pain and trauma, it complicates things. It confuses us. It, because we look, I, I can look back and it's like, well, I, I shouldn't have said something like that. Like I know that that was not Hurtful. okay, or yeah. I know that that was not what I intend. But I was, but I, I was angry, or I was hurt. And so right. I, you know, as hurt people, hurt people. What about the, what about the sort of empowerment feeling that we get because when we hang on to unforgiveness, when we hold on to a grudge against someone, um, we feel like we're have some measure of control in a situation that was probably beyond our control. Um, well, and sometimes in on that topic of control, in most situations, most people want to control the narrative of that situation. And so if I can, if I, usually, and this is personally speaking in Matt's case, 
So sometimes there are cases where someone has wronged me, and I'm and I'm you know, and I, I could be completely innocent or whatever. But often there's times where someone wrongs me, I'm immediately going to go wrong you back. But when I tell that story, I leave out all the parts that I was wrong in. <laughs> yeah. Um, After so raising children, I can tell you that happens I, all the I, time. I, I like you know. to leave that part out, and so uh, I I like to control the narrative. I want to be in charge, and uh, and so and I want everybody to see. Uh, well, I hesitate to even say that because it can be true that, but but you you want to be the full victim. You want to be uh, you don't. Sometimes we don't own our responsibility in a situation. Yeah. Now that's not always true. If it's a situation where someone has abused someone, uh, that, that then there is no dual responsibility in that. There is only hurt and pain and anger um, and, and so many other emotions that come from that guilt and shame. And, I mean, it, you could just go on and on naming the negative things that come from that. But in a lot of situations, you're right. There, there are a lot of circumstances where we're hurt or offended over slight offenses. And one of the things that we're going to be doing as we walk through this study is we're going to be trying to differentiate between the things that we do for Christian maturity that, you know, because – we have to walk through things in kindness and grace, and we're not given an, ex- an excuse to not um, exemplify the fruits of the Spirit. We're never getting a- given an excuse to not do that. At the same time, um, a- as we walk through it, it- it's-, it's going to be hard. And the reasons that it are hard, if we break that down, one of them is because of so many emotions that are mm-hmm. tied to it. One of the reasons that we're going to find it extremely difficult is because we're so emotionally tied to whatever the circumstance is. The other thing is going to be it's hard because there is an intellectual element to forgiveness that is also difficult. You have to think through. And one of the things that as I started to prepare for this that really hit me the hardest, the strongest as I started to look into this is to realize that w- you know, even in Jesus's prayer. So let's just start there. For example, we 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 call it the. Um, it's when Jesus is teaching the disciples to pray, yeah. and he says, "We're we're to forgive our debtors as you forgave us." So all of a sudden, you look at that important word where it says, "As you forgave us." So how does God? forgive us. And we have to start looking through that. And we have to realize that the idea of forgiveness is rooted in the gospel itself. It all comes from, and it's connected to so many things. Forgiveness does not stand alone and apart from being reconciled to God. And as I'm reading some of the, through some of the forgiveness, what I see is that there's some struggle with vocabulary between some of the teachers that I've read. One of them says that, um, Forgiveness and reconciliation do not go hand in hand. But someone else points out that biblically, forgiveness and reconciliation does go hand in hand. But they take off to the side and kind of set this whole other portion aside that says consequences, though, still happen. Someone is abusive to someone else in a situation. And it's it's difficult. The emotions are hard. But you have to realize that when we're commanded to forgive as we are commanded to do so, that you have to think through that. You're going to have to root out. You're going to have to be, uh, you know, cooperate with God and the plan for what he has going on. But what you have to really look at is that the consequences, though, if I have someone say, um, there's some examples in some of the books that I've read, but say there's a, you know, like a stepfather that hurts or abuses a stepdaughter. Okay, later in life, if she comes to Christ, she's following him, she realizes that she's commanded to forgive, and she is struggling with that. Mm-hmm. She's scared and afraid. Does that mean that I'm going to have to have, he's going to have to be my dad, and we're going to have to go on, you know, 
to his house and all this kind of stuff. No, the consequences, we can take those and set those aside because there are earthly consequences to evil and sin. And God does not set those aside for us always. Sometimes in his mercy, he does. We, we've seen his hand work in situations where someone needed forgiveness and, and, and he worked it out, you know, miraculously at times and ways. But when you have this person who is extremely hurt by someone, you know, and maybe she's a mom now and she's thinking, does my child have to have a relationship with this man who was abusive to me as a child? And the answer to that is no, that reconciliation may happen in a sense between you and that stepfather where you no longer hold this against them because you have forgiven them because they've come to you in repentance, which by the way, all of those are tied together under Mm -hmm. the gospel. Sin, forgiveness, repentance, and reconciliation go hand in hand at all times. So as you look at that, so maybe he comes to her later in life. He has, um, come to follow uh, the Lord, and he is repentant for his behavior, for how he treated her earlier, does that mean all of a sudden she has to be BFFs and buddies with him? The answer is that to that is no. Mm-hmm. But it also, um, and Tom, uh, Pastor Tom has used this several time in, times in his preaching and studies, he talks about that original root word. When you look at um, some of the Greek, it, where you let go of the moral and legal obligation that someone owes you when you forgive them. Yeah. Now, that process is more complex than even just that one thing, but that's the root words that we get and where we use forgiveness. But you can see how someone may be afraid to forgive or maybe want to hold on to the control of a situation that feels beyond their control or they're still hurt. Or maybe even where we have... um, someone who is no longer alive. You know, how do we reconcile? How do we start to walk through those things? And as we go through this study for the next several weeks, we're going to be breaking down all of that because we're going to be talking about you've got um, aspects of as we mature as Christians as we go and how we do that and what that looks like because even if I have not been reconciled to a person who has deeply hurt me and they have not been repentant, I'm still not kind of given a pass to go be bitter and angry and allow all of these things to set up in my heart. We're supposed to, we're called to be gracious and kind and ready to forgive. Um, All of those things happen, but where we start from is always the gospel. We start with God's word. We start there and we look at if, how did God forgive us? So then how does that translate to us in forgiving others? Yeah, well, and you know, it's, it's hard. I mean, like it is like from a fleshly standpoint, that is extremely difficult because I can sit here and think of people that have hurt me. Yeah. Like, I mean, I could, I could, I'm not going to sit here and name him, but I can, I mean, I can sit here and I can put out the whole list or, or whatever of people who have hurt me or hurt my family or whatever. And let me be honest, like, that's hard. Every, Some of it's pretty deep. Every too. bit of yeah. me wants them, wants me to. St- I want the like in my flesh. I want them to hurt like I hurt. Yeah. And I want them to feel like I. And I think everybody has that moment where you feel like that. But then, like the and whole laying justice in God's hands can be scary. Yeah, because it's like he's not gonna he's not gonna deal with it like I would. He's not. I mean, just being honest, like he's not gonna. He's not. He's not gonna. Is this Jonah sitting under the plant where Jonah's sitting there? That's a lot of it. What it is is I sit there and I think and I think to myself and I kind of throw a pity party. It's like I am hurt. I I just went and preached the gospel. All of these people in Nineveh repented. I don't like them, God. I didn't like them when I preached the gospel, and now you want to? I'm going to go sit out here and wait for you to destroy them. Yeah, and and so I'm I'm mad. Nobody. I don't want anybody to get the to get the impression that we're not saying. 
that from a fleshly standpoint that this is not easy like because it or that that, that it is easy because it's it's not, not. it is yeah, so it's not. not but what i want us to be reminded of is again what you're saying is that everything rooted rooted in the gospel again paul tells us that and i saw this sunday that before christ outside of christ it's not that we are in darkness we are darkness we embody the darkness of sin of evil that my heart is, rebels against even that, forgiveness that there that, is yeah. there is no one good no not one. not one that there is nothing good inside of me i bring nothing to the table but because of the forgiveness of my sins and that forgiveness came through christ's sacrifice on the cross i get a seat at the table yeah i get to be not only a children not only a child but an heir yeah, and, and, and you know what happens is we end up trying to compare ourselves. I want to compare that my sin is not as bad as so-and-so who hurt me. And I want to start trying to do a comparison without realizing that we're never called to compare ourselves to one another, that we're called to compare ourselves to the holiness and righteousness of God. Yeah. And that's where we fall short. That's where, you know, we see our sin clearly. In that moment when we're saved, you remember that moment when, you know, all of a sudden the conviction of the Holy Spirit is working in your life and you realize how dirty and ugly you are as compared to God's holiness, you know. And then we want to take into the world and we walk out of that that place and we look around us and we see that as an example out of scripture where the the man who owes the king you know so much money that he can't repay it and then he goes out and he is going after somebody that's a large sum of money but it's nothing like what he owed and that that that's where I was talking about a little earlier when we were talking about that it's hard intellectually because you have to start putting your mind and realizing that um how much there is to it, the depth of it, the the application to the gospel with it, to the fact that because we've been forgiven that we should forgive others. Now, having said that, I can sit here behind the microphone on a you know, 30 minute or so podcast and we can make that sound easily. But when you step out into the real world and evil and sin begins to interrupt your life and you see people who have been through um, war or famine or some of the really big words that we know of injustice of where someone has hurt others. Um, And there are examples that we'll go through in our class, but I I keep thinking of, you know, I think of Corey Ten Boom that went through the Holocaust and, Her story, you know, is found in the book called The Hiding Place. We see so much from her, and we see forgiveness, and we see her struggle with it. Mm -hmm. And you watch that happen. And and any of you who are listening, there's some real definitive passages in Scripture. You can go to Matthew 18 or Colossians chapter 3, and you can look at how the Bible describes conflict between us and one another and how we're to resolve that, how to walk through some of the forgiveness. Those will be Scripture passages that we work our way through. well, I think of the story of Joseph. I taught this with our students a few oh, weeks yeah. ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, the brothers. Or a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Of all the stuff that he was, and don't get me wrong, he was an arrogant, kind of full of himself little dude. <laughs> I mean, was. like, he went around and, and bragged <laughs> and, showed, like my little coat? and showed the I jacket off and everything. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm, not clearing, <laughs> I'm not clearing Joseph up from not being arrogant, not being a little pompous. That's not what I'm saying. But no. what I am saying is that his brothers, his own flesh and blood, sold him. 
and the, stripped away yeah, everything, everything from his had, life. And everything. His dad and like had done so much damage, and then continually, Joseph still kind of ran the gambit a little bit. Like he still had a lot to deal with. Yeah. Uh, he goes and he gets accused of of, of being inappropriate the sexual with, assault with, with the, being with Potiphar's the, wife. Yes, he yes. gets thrown in jail. Like he gets, and, and he's dealing with his own inner struggles at that time because you know with Potiphar's wife, I mean he ran for a reason. Yeah. You know, he, he you look at dude. all this. He's I, a dude. I, I, I got it. <laughs> And so, but when his brothers come back to him and God has ordained all of that for that to come all full circle. But take notice that with that kind of pain, because they not only stripped him of his present and his past, they stole his past from him too. Because yeah. he no longer had relationships. He no longer, but they stole his future. Yeah. And for him, I mean, he had literally lost everything because of the pain of that and being betrayed by someone that, that was supposed to love him. And honestly, even bigger, it, they wanted to kill him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Judah's the only one that stepped up and said, "Hey, you know what, guys? Let's let's, let's at least let's make a, let's at least make a buck off of him." Yeah. You know, like, and I'm not sure, and whether he's doing that to save Joseph or just trying to make I don't a know. little Judah money. Judah wasn't always a great man, no, either, was not he? really. Yeah. So, anyways, but they wanted to kill him. His own brothers wanted to come against him and just say, "You know what? We're tired of this." And yet, they when it comes full circle, God ordained that, and Joseph said, "I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to hold this against you. Like you're." You're, my, you're still my family. Like, and it had been still, years that had passed. Yeah. With that kind of depth of pain, I will say that from everything I'm reading, that it takes time. Time heals. When God, time heals a lot. Well, see, a few years ago I heard somebody teaching on that, and I don't think, I don't think it's that time heals. I think a better way to say that, at least for me, and uh, but is to say that time reveals maybe that's, how maybe God that is heals. better to say it. Maybe you know because maybe is, I, I, I I can I can I can get with that in terms of. But I, but again, to say on on the other side of that coin, I, I think that dealing with that with some of those traumatic things right off the bat, if sometimes you have to, like that's just the face of it. But there are moments where, like, if I had gone back and dealt with something right in the middle of of, the, of something I was going through, I would have made it ten times worse than now me being twenty later tw- mid twenties or so trying to deal with things like it's from from a Christian maturity sense, I look at things different now than I did when I was eighteen or fifteen or sixteen or seventeen. Um and, and so I look at things differently. But obviously like when you think of forgiveness, I constantly and in all aspects of my life, before I ever think highly of myself, I need to think most highly of the king whom I serve and and, and the one who who gave his life for me because I shouldn't be where I'm at, I, sh- I should not have the eternity that God set up for me because of my dirtiness, because of my brokenness. But I know that he's taken care of that, and I know that his way of taking care of that was forgiving me of all my sins against him, my sins against others, and he takes them and he throws them as far as the east is from the west. They are remembered uh-huh. no more. And he, he doesn't. He, when he looks at me, he doesn't see my dirtiness and my rottenness. He sees his son's blood, and that's something. But on this side of eternity, but yeah, and I, but if, I want to make sure if that you've we, done something, he's not going to always remove the consequences. For right. That. I'm not saying yeah. that there there are no consequences or anything like that. I'm saying from an from a with with eternity in mind with that aspect that's what I want that I would want to make sure that when I'm thinking of forgiving someone I need to be reminded of from an eternity sake how I've been forgiven yeah and another one of the points that we're going to be hit, hitting as we go through this discussion like you you can see how we're kind of fleshing this out there's lots mm-hmm. of stuff that we're going to be talking about this from different angles but one of the things that we have to point out is that forgiveness is also wrapped up in how we view God so as we're looking at him we have to realize that he, um, God's forgiveness is not given to everyone. 
It's only for those who repent and believe, those who turn to him in faith and are reconciled to him, meaning that we as Christians know that those who are in hell, they're not forgiven because if they had been forgiven, if they had repented, been forgiven, turned to God, then he would have, they would be in heaven with him. The the relationship would be reconciled. Which is not to be confused with God's forgiveness is not for everyone because it is for, it is for for, everyone. For whomever will take it. There are no... There are no pre-qualifying conditions outside of you t- look turning to the cross and, and, and repenting and turning away from your sin and believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Whosoever other, will. Yeah, I mean that's but so if under that condition, under that precursor, it's for everyone who's going to who's who, if, I mean you could red, yellow, black and white, purple, blue, everything in between, right. all pasts, all futures, all you, cultures. You come to the you come to the realization that you are broken outside of yourself, that you need a savior and you recognize that God sent his only son to be this said savior and we turn away from our sins knowing that God's sacrifice on the cross was the was the propitiation for that sin was the sacrifice for that for those sins mm-hmm. i have just got to make sure that, like even in my head in my with me who wants to get even with me who wants to be vengeful right. with me who wants to be I want to retaliate. Yeah, I, I want to yeah. make sure that you know how bad I hurt, and I want to make sure everybody else around me know bad how I hurt. You went and hurt my reputation. Yeah. Say, for instance, you were talking about me, but it's okay that you've done some of the same thing, same things as that, and I want to go hurt you and hurt your reputation back or point out to others that it's not true. But none of that is by right. It, no, it's sin, no, that is sinful. Like yeah, that is that is straight of the yeah. enemy. And that's like for and I'm just speaking like for me in my head, I have got to remind myself of how far gone I would be outside of the forgiveness of Christ. There but for the grace of God. Yeah. And I would be yeah. so I would be in so much trouble. And I don't know if I'd be in jail, but I would be so much more conniving and scheming than I am because it would just be it would just be bad because again from a selfish standpoint, I want, and I think a lot of people can identify with that. Of I, I want to be even. It's going to be square. It's going to be even. And you know what? The reality is, as a Christ follower on this earth, on this side of eternity, you may not get even. Like yeah. it's just that's that's well, not that's not getting even. When, is not as the we point. get to know God, knowing that His justice is part of His nature, um, but His mercy is also. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I think Jonah struggled with. He knew that God was going to be merciful to these people, and he didn't want it. And these people had been cruel to his nation for years. This was not a one-time Jonah just didn't like them because the way they looked kind of thing. He, he They had been coming after Jonah's nation for a time, and he wanted payback. He wanted them to get how he saw justice. And so in our flesh... Getting even may be the point, but that's the exact thing is that we're in the flesh. In Christ, getting even is no longer the point. Getting, the point is to make much of Christ in every situation and, and, to, and, to every, and to help to serve and to love and to imitate Christ in a way that gives glory all to God the Father and takes it off of me. Okay, that's, on that note, let me is. say this. One of the things that, it, that I found fascinating as I was going through this and, and making notes and all that kind of good stuff Um Chris Bronze wrote one of the books that I am reading through, and he says in it, we should be motivated to unpack forgiveness so you can know maximum happiness. And in that, he begins to talk about how John Piper's uh, quote, or kind of the thesis, I I would say, for John Piper's life at the center of a lot of his ministry is God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. So what 
what bronze does is he begins to break that down and to look at the fact that all humankind is constantly searching for happiness and we will do and pursue it how whatever it takes if you'll look around you people are pursuing happiness we'll spend money we'll spend time we'll sacrifice relationships we'll sacrifice jobs or some of us will sacrifice families to find let let me tell you he even went so far as as, as when he was talking about it he said the person who's looking for happiness is all of us that's your your average guy on the street looking for it in their job their family all of their success whatever it is but it also goes to the man who ends up and maybe commits suicide what they're looking for is happiness because they don't have it yeah i'm looking for that that at the end i'll be happy so you go that far but what he's trying to point out to us is that God's glory and our happiness are intermingled as followers of Christ. We're looking to him, following after him, striving to be like him. And when God gives us the blueprint that includes forgiveness, and he says to us, this is a way that I can help you, that you're going to find the most happiness in a fallen world is going to be by following me. And part of following me is my pattern of forgiveness. And he kind of walks you through all of that to help you kind of get to this place where we can glorify God and find happiness for ourselves because we are glorifying God with our lives, with all parts of us. And, I mean, theologians and experts, you know, there was a lot of disagreement, and there's a lot of different things out there on forgiveness as you read through because everybody, like, as usual, we wanted to find it ourselves. But I, I liked this one, and so I thought I'd quote it today as we were going through this. God's forgiveness. So if we're patterning ourselves after God, as we are supposed to be in following Christ, this is a, a pretty good definition of God's forgiveness. Now, I get that we can, you know, we can dig a little deeper and, you know, spend hours talking about this. But it says, a commitment by the one true God to pardon graciously those who repent and believe so that they are reconciled to him. Although this commitment does not eliminate all consequences. And so he kind of digs in and he talks about that God's love is conditional because we tend to talk about God's unconditional love. But... It does talk about in the Bible that we are called to repent and to believe and to be reconciled to him. There's a condition on that. God's love, you and I were talking earlier before we went on air uh, earlier today, and I said God's love is not free, and you kind of paused and were looking at me and went, no, 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 no. And I went, wait just a minute. Let's listen. But God's love is not free in the sense that for I mean, God's forgiveness is not free because what it, it takes sacrifice. There's a penalty for sin that Christ paid for you and I as followers and believers. So it, it's, it's not free. There does have to be somebody who pays. And even in forgiveness between, say, you and I were arguing about something, at some point there is a level in which I have to sacrifice my what I see as my right to be angry in order to forgive you. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be some sacrifice. There's got to be commitment. You've got to meet, you know, the conditions of repentance and and coming to someone. And so you walk through all of this and forgiveness then lays ends up laying the groundwork for and begins the process of reconciliation. Yeah. Now, again, please know that if you're out there listening, we're behind a microphone. It's biblical, and it's easy to say, but boy, it's that it's it's hard. I get that. It's not, and it's it's not necessarily. It's I'm not saying it's quick or anything, but like again, that for that forgiveness again, uh, keeping the mind of the relationship Mm -hmm. that and the sacrifice that was made on the cross for us, the forgiveness that, that that was provided to us through Jesus. 
reconciled us to God. I mean, that's a biblical principle of with that forgiveness came the reconciliation of man to the Father. There was no more in between. There was no more. We had to make sacrifices to make things right. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus, we were now reconciled to God. And so because of that on But here, it does not preclude consequences. Right, Again, that's what are, we kind of kind of get that there's reconciliation. There's still consequences that, of yeah. sin. Again, yeah. even from an earthly standpoint, if I go out and rob a bank, I can't claim, hey, God forgives me. So, you know, you guys, you guys going to hop let on it go. You guys going to hop on that train? <laughs> yeah, let like it go. I can't I, I can't do that. If I if I don't show up to work or something like that. Guess what? Or if you don't show up to work, guess what? If you don't get paid, that's a that's, there are consequences to your actions, they're just—they yeah. just are. It's how it's how the world works. It's how the world operates, and so there are consequences to actions. And so you can forgive those actions, but that doesn't negate the consequences. Again, like the kid who just says sorry, you can't just say sorry and just get out of it. Like yeah. that's not—it's not, it's not you a free can pass. Say sorry and mean it. Do not pass. But you go. still may get that hundred dollars. <laughs> you know, you still yeah. just might because yeah. guess what? You did it. And I and you know what you're gonna be real sorry if you do it again because you get that rear end tore up again. Like that's I, I, just how I can it forgive is. my children when they lie to me, but that does not mean I may not take the car keys <laughs> or some other consequence that goes along with that. And I thought and I thought I would. I know we're kind of drawing to a close here as we're trying to end this, but I love this point and I wanted to throw it in and make sure we covered it because please understand that as we've talked this through and some of the things we've said I know can be shocking as we begin to think more deeply about forgiveness because we tend to want to skim over the top of it. We actually don't want to even want to talk about it because it's going to require some, require some hard work. Some messiness. It's going to require some messiness. You're going to have to explore and look deeply into your own heart. I don't like that. Yeah, no, can <laughs> Man, I get away with this? <laughs> I was like, who chose this? Yeah. I don't know if I would do this, you it know. Ugly yeah. But people are mistaken. This is a quote. People are mistaken if they think of Christian forgiveness primarily as absolution from guilt. The purpose of forgiveness is the restoration of communion, the reconciliation of brokenness. And that was a quote from L. Gregory Jones. Mm. But I found that to be pretty deep because the point of forgiveness with God is to reconcile us back to him. That relationship was broken by sin, is broken by sin. It started with Adam and Eve. They 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 chose that. We now, because of consequences, are that all are all born into sin and choose to sin um, through that process. And what we realize is we're looking at the depth of that, and we go, okay, this is. Um, I don't know if I signed up for this, Lord. You know, <laughs> I, this is going to be hard. But the next few weeks, we're going to kind of dig in and we're going to take take that apart a little bit and break through break through each one of those or um, talk through, go back and reference scripture as we go through it and look and see well how God forgives and so that we can forgive as He has forgiven us, and and we can look through the scriptures and and dig a little deeper and see what that work involves and and what it's going to cost me what kind of level of commitment comes with it. And then hopefully we will end in a place where we're grateful that God was willing to do that for us. Yeah. And I, and I think that's going to be good for the women of our church. And if, if we continue to talk about that, I think that's going to be good for the listeners of this podcast to, again, first and foremost, to remind ourselves constantly of the forgiveness that was poured out on the cross for, or the sacrifice that was poured out on the cross for us, for our forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, if I do that, that's kind of the, that's again, that's kind of gonna be the foundation of how I look at life is because of what God did for me. This is what I've got to do for, this is, this is what I I want to do to serve him and to minister and to minister to others because of him. Uh, And so if you walk through and remember that, 
it's not easy. It, it's not quick. It's not. And we know that it often takes time. Yeah, it does. I mean, and it and it's it, it can be quite painful, and and sometimes picking off that scab is really really hard. Um, but we I do hope that in y'all's in you guys' study that that goes well, and uh, and that that can be very beneficial. Anyway, there might be some you know, longer nights or conversations or whatever through some of those. I mean, because you, you are going to talk about some, tra- some traumatic stuff that you may. Yeah, and I know, you know some of the women in our church have faced difficulty. For sure. That um, would astound most of us, but, leave us, you know. But none of that is a surprise to God. And beca- no. again, because of God's forgiveness, we've got to be able to walk through that and walk in harmony with what he teaches and what he says. And for us holding a grudge or holding or, hold, or clinging, to some, clinging to something that's other than the gospel, other than the cross, then we've got to deal with that. Um, so yep. I think that'll be really good for us to talk about it for, and really good for uh, our church and for the growth of our church. And, uh, so that kind of wraps it up for this week and, uh, we will catch you guys next week on another episode of not another church, part, uh, not another church podcast. Go serve your King. This has been not another church podcast with your host, Pastor Tom. Thanks for listening and go serve your King.